Four state coming up. We were somewhere around Mingo County on the edge of the Appalachians when the three points began to take hold. I remember saying something like, I feel a bit lightheaded. Maybe you should drive. And suddenly there was a terrible roar all around us and the sky was full of what looked like huge flamingos all swooping and screeching and diving around the Metro Kia Ford microbus, which was going about 35 miles an hour to Madison. Then it was quiet again. Kuba had taken off his shirt and was pouring Hennessy and spotted cow on his chest to facilitate the tanning process, even though Polish gingers just burn. What the hell are you all talking about? Even though he knew the Arsenal fans on the bus had every right to yell about David Luiz conceding yet another dumb penalty. Respecting the no-outside-leak-talk dictum, I just said, never mind, it's your turn to drive. I hit the brakes and aimed the great, white, dead whale towards the shoulder of the highway. No point mentioning the Mingos, I thought. The poor bastard will see them soon enough. Welcome back this week from the Gimme Some Truth Studios at the corner of Glenway and Monroe. The Madison, uh, Madison's Forwards Backward Pod discusses this week the Dan's Eruption, the Henny Derby, and the Wisconsin Warriors Power Soccer. S- stats are provided by Opta Lee. I'm Keith Ponywas, and always I'm joined by the Thelma to my Louise, Dan Fallon. Dan, are you officially too old for this shit? <laughs> I am officially too old for this shit. Um, I don't even know where to begin uh, about where this trip went, who we met. Um, I, I, you know, Keith, I told him I wasn't doing firing on all cylinders today. And he said, well, I'll just have to carry the pod more than I usually do. And uh, I didn't even have the energy to tell him what a jerk he was. Well, and I'm going to be having to carry it even more because uh, Neil Havati uh, is at an undisclosed location again this week. And upon advice from his legal stylist will not be joining us. I think he's gone full on hiding from the butcher of Gdansk. Yeah. And there's also like there's also a second legal issue is that he's been agitating, I would say. There's been some questions asked about, you know, it seems to be like you and I are the host, but he's here every week. And uh, all of a sudden, he's like, well, hey, guys, I show up every week. Like, why am I not one of the hosts? And I don't understand why he would want to associate his name with us. Correct. Um, but, you know, uh, we can talk about it. I mean, I... I no. 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 No, we can't. No. No. Sorry, Neil. <laughs> You're Have done. fun in Kansas City. But yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh just, shit. <laughs> oh. Oh. Nice slip. Way yep. to disclose the undisclosed location. I hope you're listening, Butchery. Butcher. Yeah, you know where to look for him. Uh, and fortunately, though, to, to provide some cover, we are joined by guests to whom we owe, I think, first uh, up front, a real apology because these guys are situated next to us at most home matches. And so they get to listen to the proto version of this podcast. And if you think what we like put out on air after, you know, the wonderful producer Hannah has saved us from most of our bad jokes is like half baked and offensive. Like, can you imagine having to listen to us, you know, like being quarter baked and and offensive? (laughs) You assume that we listened. (laughs) Well, that's that's a good point. So uh, we're joined by uh, Tyler Engel and and William Schultz of the Wisconsin Warriors Power Soccer Team to discuss today in Forward Madison history and a little bit about their season this year. And so we'll we'll get to that after we kind of talk about eruption. But first, I do want to point out that William Schultz is probably the most conflicted man in America about (laughs) the ongoing success of Mason Toy, formerly of this council, of this parish. Uh, I don't remember him. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> I don't recall uh, this so player that you him. speak of. Uh, William, in addition to being a diehard uh, member of the flock and is a, is a loon. That's right. Uh, so, uh, you know, how have you been coping? Well, uh, pretty well these days. I mean, truthfully, like as long as he's contributing to one of my squads, I don't really <laughs> see a reason to get upset about anything. A little earlier this season, I might have had, you know, more to say about our friend. Because then he was contributing to neither yeah. of the two clubs yeah. he support. Yeah, that's he, absolutely true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> he was contributing to whatever the uh, FC Belvedere Oasis was, bet- <laughs> halfway between Madison and Min- Minneapolis. Uh, big win last night for the Loons, incidentally. Truly. Nice uh, 3-1 victory over Real Salt Lake. Uh so maybe uh, we'll not without its controversy, but we'll leave that for other podcasts to yeah. uh, talk about. Yeah, we. Uh, we hey, MLS doing a real nice oh job of just boy. giving a middle finger to all the people who actually oh. make it worth going to see matches. Well played. 
it's it's such a level of stupidity that it just pains me to get into here. So instead, let's get into the sort of stupidity we prefer, which is fun stupidity, of which I think the, the eruption... <laughs> 2019 was a perfect example of this sort of fun stupidity that the flock, Forward Madison, uh, all of the supporters group kind of stand for. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, it, you know, and I love that it starts off with, oh, actually, we need to get a new battery in the minibus. So for First those of stop, you, yeah. Metro Ford, so for those of you who do not follow us on Twitter, and you should, forwards backwa two, or just obviously, yeah, just search forwards. Backwards. I left Keith in charge of getting the Twitter handle. I, <laughs> D minus the kids and their technology. It's too much for me. Uh, that reminds me. Before we dive too much into the uh, eruption, now that you've erupted. Uh, we do want to give a quick shout out to Demetrius Kagaya of uh, Forward uh, and the Flock End's official representative of uh, the Forwards Backwards West Coast College Soccer, D1 college soccer team, because w- there's been some competition for D2 and D3. Yes. Uh, in the 84th minute, he scored uh, his first goal of the year in a 3-1 loss to, to Cal Poly. I yep. do also want to just put a mention out, uh, you mentioned on the trip, April Kagaya went on the trip with you guys. She did. Watched both matches. She did. And I have to say, I'm really reconsidering this official West Coast uh, soccer team thing that we've got going, because those games start late. Like a 7 o'clock West Coast game is like 9 o'clock here. That's 11 o'clock. That's like a full two hours. I mean, that's starting at my bedtime. Yeah, the assumption would be that I had any idea what time it was when we were on the bus. <laughs> so <laughs> Kind of like a black hole. Yeah, it, I think that game kicked off well, at like 4 o'clock in the morning, if I remember correctly. <laughs> well, and it, at some point, it looked like the, the bus was completely sealed off because you had flags and, and scarves and items surrounding all the windows from your various stops. So the, the tour starts off here in Madison with a trip to Metro Ford Kia, not Correct. a sponsor of this podcast. Correct. Throw some cash, Metro Ford Kia, <laughs> uh, where you had to get the battery recharged, apparently. Yes. And uh, I'd say the highlight of that was um, an older gentleman pulled like his giant like Ford 350 whatever pickup in and said, I don't know what you guys are up to, but it looks like trouble, and I wish I was going with you. <laughs> and uh, every indication following along, as those of us who weren't invited did on, on social media, uh, you started off with a, a stop in Chicago. Well, before that, you picked up the... There were a couple of cemetery stops. Yeah. Yep, and yep, people were just chilling in cemeteries. So we picked up uh, Chase Egan, merchandising director for Forward Madison, just kind of sitting around in a Stoughton uh, cemetery. And then Peter Wilt, does. who maybe had something to do with the cemetery thing, follow Peter on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll get a feel for why we were picking people up at cemeteries. We picked him up at a cemetery down in uh, Chicago, I think kind of near Wicker Park, where um, Jack Johnson, right? The Jack first Johnson was buried there. Yep. Heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. And then some Chicago Bear announcer player who just died recently, who Peter was very excited to see his almost pretty fresh grave, let's just say. And it was only about less than two years old. Peter's more into like the antiquities of graves. This was a, this was a freshie, if you will. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus. Too soon, Dan. <laughs> Literally, too soon. So after the, the sort of cemetery stops, you uh, met up with the... Then we, we joined the living. Yep. And you got stopped. You got pulled over in Chicago, correct? By Yeah. Yeah. Chicago Police Soccer Club, I think, had been in communication with us somewhere along the way. But literally, the guy was like trying to track us down in traffic and we're driving. And all of a sudden, somebody starts banging on the door and this guy gets out in a soccer kit and a bag and hands us a bunch of stuff and like, just like, good to see you guys. And off you went. So, I mean, I think there's like your first indication of like what this trip was all about. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I actually was uh, banished from the North, the Red Wolf or Red Stars visit because we were parked illegally, as I told people on on Twitter in the video. Um, so I stayed with the bus to make sure we weren't towed. Um, let's see. Then uh, things got a little off track. There was a major accident. We got to Indianapolis late, uh, met up with some of the uh, uh, Indy 11 supporters, also some of the folks in their front office, you know, everywhere along the way, like trading scarves. Uh, you know, mixing it up with everybody, taking some pictures. Um, and, you know, I think it goes without saying, it, people were just 
incredibly welcoming and warm. It was a really amazing experience. And so then, uh, you know, you finally made it to Columbus, met up with the Nordeca. Did they, any of them listen to our podcast? Uh, All of them. All of them. Yeah, oh, wow. they were just huge fans. Were huge they? Fans. And so they, they commented on uh, Elizabeth's uh, analysis of, of Nordeca no, and uh, no, Columbus not. crew. They did not. But And your, your, your deep love of them? I, so I did try to tell the one guy. Um, I think he had been drinking. Um, so he kept turning and talking to other people. So I never really got to finish the story about trying to tell him how impressed I was with them and all that. I will say, you know, I think this is a good reminder to our, our supporters um, about, like, bigger isn't better. Uh, and this is, a, this is a, where I'm going to bring it down a notch here. It's a little, little melancholy, this next story. Um, one of the guys there was, uh, like, instrumental in kind of the Save the, the Crew movement last year. Um, and I would, I would uh, categorize him as disillusioned this year uh, and kind of looking at us like, man, that looks like a lot more fun than we get to have at the crew stadium. And man, MLS doesn't really let us do some of the things that you guys are up to. And, um, you know, he's still committed because he's, he's like, I spent two years of my life trying to save this club. But it was a nice reminder that sometimes, you know, playing in the top league, playing in MLS, if that's ever a dream people here have, you know, that comes with other things. And, uh, you know, I alluded to it earlier with uh, Minnesota United over the weekend and the Portland Timbers, two clubs that are just known for their supporters groups. And like, it just seems like the league and the teams like picking a fight where a fight doesn't really exist. And, uh, you know, this was a good reminder of that. And also just huge shout out to Nordeca. We were supposed to be there at like 730. We got there at 11 and they stayed. I mean, there were still like 25 people waiting there. Uh, Turbo's uncle who lives in the area, was there, uh, took pictures for all of us. And, uh, yeah, like the bartender was like, hey, can you get me a scarf? Can we trade something? I gave him a scarf. He gave me back an entire Columbus Crew flag that we then hung up on the inside of the bus. So um, really, huge shout-out to them. They were, they were really good people. And then the next day you had uh, what, what someone called, like, one of the most memorable experiences of their life, uh, which was visiting Mingo County in West Virginia. And the county seat, uh, it was also known as Tug County. Uh, no jokes yeah. about that on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single joke about Tug County. Um, and uh, it's a county of 24,000 people. Yeah, and actually, again, uh, on the melancholy side of things, uh, two journalists showed up to cover our our arrival in Mingo County. That is true. And I was talking to the one guy. He said... Um, they used to have 30,000 people in the town of Williamson where we were, and there's now 5,000 people there. So, you know, it just shows you the coal industry, the hotel that was right next door to us. Kennedy stayed there back in the sixties when he was visiting the area. Um, just an area that, you know, guy was just like, there's just not a lot of jobs left here and people have all left. Um, that said, one of the most hardest hit counties in, in the United States from the opioid yep. crisis as yep. well. And, but, but cute little downtown and, uh, they Hootie, the county commissioner, of Mingo County. His name was Hootie. Hootie met us on the steps of the courthouse and said, y'all must be the Mingos. And we said, you're goddamn right we are, Hootie. <laughs> <laughs> and then he took us over to the coal house made entirely of coal. That is true. That is That's true. fantastic. Um, I bet you could start a great barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> they did say they were sorry that we were there that week because next week is the annual coal run where they, um, as people run by, they throw coal on them, which we were told, they gave us the insider scoop, it's just black baby powder. <laughs> which actually, now that you've learned about baby powder, <laughs> may not be safe. Well, we, and, and we were also like, you're reminding people of the black lung. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot going on there. But anyway, Mingo County, Hootie, he literally said to us, y'all, we should go on tour as Hootie and the Mingos. <laughs> like, fuck yeah, we should. Um, they gave you, uh, they gave you some, uh, some moonshine. Yeah, correct? but they didn't give Original us the instructions on how to drink it without going blind. So <laughs> I'm not sure what the, what the message there was. But all kidding aside, I mean, they couldn't have been nicer. We got to meet the head soccer coach was there, um, you know, the, the guy from the, the Chamber of Commerce. And, um, I mean, they were just, they were so happy to have us there. We were actually walking back to the bus, and um, two cars drove by us and yelled out the window, y'all must be the Flamingos. So people in town, like, knew we were coming. Like, this wasn't, this was, <laughs> this was big time. 
Um, so yeah, it was great. Also, the the best part is Dan dressed up for the occasion. Uh, you had a, a suit on. And your finest uh, flamingo Hawaiian shirt on, correct? Sure did. Yeah. Sure did. Somebody Excellent. had to show Hootie the proper reverence for the, his the class. position yeah. in Mango County. And snakeskin, snakeskin boots from Hootie as well. Yeah, they, they looked like some sort of uh, exotic animal had been nice, nice. butchered, so you, you had butchered to, and, and uh, crafted into shoes. So you had to, I mean, you had to, yeah, show up and Oh, and he was class. Yeah. He was class. So I, I'm glad that that worked out. And then you met up with, uh, you made it to Asheville next, yep. right? And that's where you met up with uh, supporters group. Yeah, so Asheville City FC is a um, uh, MPSL team, I believe. Uh, they actually play against the other team in Greenville. Greenville has two teams. Two they teams. have Tormenta and they have an MPSL team. Um, really, Again, if you've never been to Asheville, go to Asheville. It's basically Madison and the mountains, a little bit smaller. It's a phenomenal town. Um, Highwire Brewing, shout out. They were their sponsor, so we met up at one of their locations. And again, just a great group of people. I met Tim from the South Slope Blues podcast and supporters group. I think Keith and I might be doing a little cross content on on their pod. And uh, again, just people showing us incredible amounts of hospitality and um, yeah, just a ton of fun. I mean, so you must not have talked to him from the, the podcast very long that he invited you on. That was at the very beginning, and then I walked away. Okay, yeah. You're, you're like uh, like George, end on a high note. Yes, yeah. yes. Good good call. Uh, so then we kind of lead up to... The Henny Darby. Yeah, the Henny Darby itself. So uh, this <laughs> took over social media this weekend. The like, Henny Darby. Oh, I mean, Henny I think like, it was trending on Twitter. Yeah, it was the big event of the... And, and so uh, we can talk a little bit about the – I gave Dan control of the Twitter account and apparently tried to arrange a Russian-style punch-up in the woods outside of Richmond. Didn't didn't happen, but and there was something about two-by-fours and – Sharp you know, two-by-fours. Yeah, uh, from that, I, that we had accumulated from our Hacksaw Jim Duggan yeah. visit. And I do want to say a little bit of that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide how I want to – Tread gently here. There may have been some folks out there who were like concerned about all of these supporters groups getting together and thought maybe there needed to be some like guardrails in place and some. I'm not saying who. I'll just let people. I, let's just say it wasn't any of the clubs. And so we were having a little bit of fun with like, this is ridiculous. We are sh- yeah. like, they had, we had been, I think Andrew and the flock had been in touch with Richmond supporters group for weeks about like, yeah. Hey, this is going to be awesome. We're all yeah. going to hang out together and barbecue. I would I would have liked though, to see the man wearing the, uh, I think that was Flamingos, wasn't it? Yeah. Wearing the, uh, Flamingo on his head in like one of those old style eighties, you know, standing section pens or like, <laughs> you know, that like, like Flamingo had pushed up against the, the, the chain link while being think- beaten with a billy club. <laughs> Jesus, Keith. Come oh, on. man, that's that's entirely your editorializing. <laughs> so we get to the Derby itself, to the match itself. And yes. as is my habit, I, I go literary, right? I, I dive into the end. Well, before, I mean, I, I want to say one other word. Like, well, you do want to give thanks, to. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, you know, the uh, everyone in Richmond, their supporters group, the Dead Whales from Raleigh, the... Um, the Renegados, who were in their uh, luchador masks, and as Connor pointed out, I think on thy podcast that shall not be named, they were the wild card, and whoo, they were the wild card. Uh, we showed up, and I was like, "These guys, I need to catch up. This, they're on eleven, and there's still like hours <laughs> left to the game." Um, but just incredible hospitality, food out for everybody, beers everywhere. Take what you want. We brought the keg of spotted cow. Um, which was finished. It was it was kicked. Well done. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was impossible when I saw how much beer was already there and how much alcohol was already consumed. No um, one can resist. No, 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 no. Yeah. And there was a little after party, obviously. Uh, and uh, I, I should I should know. There's if you've there's been a couple of little things on Twitter. There was literally like a ten year old kid handing out Jello shots at the tailgate. Made me feel like I was back in Wisconsin. Yeah, mm. <laughs> a little little bit of home mm-hmm. right there, right there, and in. in Richmond. His so, dad told him to do it, so it's legal, right? Y- in Wisconsin, I, that's the, the, those are the rules, and so and off we go. Uh, anybody else you want to thank before? Uh, I thought it was pretty cool that Connor Kaloya jumped yeah. on the bus. Yeah, big thanks to the club. I mean, I, overall, couple things. 
you got to show up, right? I mean, I think that was the reminder about all of this was everywhere we went, people were willing to show up. And this stuff just doesn't happen if people don't want it to, right? You, I mean, the amount of work that the club put into this, that Andrew and the flock put into this, and, you know, Andrew and the flock all year, I mean, I can't say this enough. People were are just blown away. Richmond's been around for 20-plus years. These guys were like, what you guys are doing is insane. Like they could not believe what we were doing. And then it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to Lansing in two weeks with 125 people. I mean, this stuff takes work. It takes time. And a lot of people are doing this on the club side for not a lot of money. And there are other people doing this stuff for no money. And, um, I just want to say thank you to everybody. I mean, I literally just showed up with a backpack and recorded some stupid Twitter videos you missed a you missed a golden opportunity upon your return. You said the eagle has landed. It should have been the mingo has landed. But uh, related to that, I thought about that today. Uh, related to that, I think you know uh, because of our how how brilliant our social media has been for Forward Madison, for the flock, for all of that. People, I think, get this idea like w- we're some sort of astroturfed club. <laughs> you know, like we're the the. You know, people on on other podcasts or whatever think like, oh, they just, you know, it just they're paying their supporters to come out there or something. No, it's it's been really good work. And I think they've done a a really good job, as we're going to kind of talk about uh, a little bit, because William almost had a controversy this weekend about the watch party. (laughs) That that, that was not a. We're no, going to uh, well, dispel the myth yeah. of this controversy. <laughs> William was banging on the table. Uh, Tyler's going to finally get appropriately oh, blamed boy. for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be the breaking up of the band, isn't it, guys? Never. Um, but, well, one thing. What, back to your, we back to your we're a plastic right? club. Team, oh, my yeah. God. And if we're on the gravy chain, why the hell was I eating at Bojangles? <laughs> well, because <laughs> Bojangles, as producer Hannah po- pointed out, first of all, it's called Bojangles locally. Okay. And uh, blueberry biscuits. Okay, I'm making fun. The chicken, cl- the chicken club, and I added the pimento cheese. Fire. Fire, fire, and I love that Bojangles Twitter feed is not even at Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> it's at Bojangles like 1977. Like they weren't even in on the internet no. early enough to latch on to their own name, <laughs> or could they pay the person no. to get it no, away from a, them? So it's, a, it's not that kind of operation. Yeah. <laughs> they don't so, have the butcher of Middleton working for their social media. <laughs> so let's, let's turn to this Henny Darby, this, this big match. And that was, that was authoritative uh, because uh, I was, I was reminded of the often attributed, to uh, Albert Einstein, I thought maybe it was Jean-Paul Sartre who originally said it. But in fact, uh, uh, Michael Becker, a, an editor at the, the Bozeman Daily Chronicle, tracked it down. And he, he traced the original back to an author called Rita Mae Brown, who is a mystery novelist. And wrote, she wrote a 1983 book, Sudden Death. Uh, she attributes uh, this quote to the fictional Jane Fulton, writing, Unfortunately, Susan didn't remember... What Jane Fulton once said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. So, one nothing in the first match, one nothing in the second match, one nothing <laughs> in the third match. We played three matches in, I think, three days? Yeah, I think it was back-to-back. Back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So, you're not going to see a lot of wide-open flowing, free-flowing, attacking soccer, especially not from two managers like Bulo and, and Shore, who are tactically astute, who study the film and see what the, you know, the other team is doing. And you saw that, you know, on the heat map as well. We were looking, and we discovered that shout out to USL League One yeah. for putting up the, if you don't get, if you get a chance, go check out their, their statistics pages for the individual matches are, are fire. Which shows you that it took us four weeks to find that we're really doing our <laughs> doing <laughs> our due diligence. <laughs> we leave no stone unturned. <laughs> High quality, but th- that heat map was basically burning red in the middle of the field. I mean, it was just yeah. it was a it, it was a congested match. It was tightened up. Um, you know, you you saw it. You know, um, I thought the the couple of chances they had. I thought uh, Dennis Chin uh, really did a great job. He did something that maybe we've never seen before. He seemed to actually muscle Connor Tobin off the ball and and turn and hit one. Uh, Sylvester had six shots, uh, six saves, 
but never really challenged, I didn't think. But then, you know, you, you got the goal uh, from from two. I mean, and, and this we're going to want to talk about a, a little bit, but the goal finally came, it came early in the sixth minute. Yeah, so I'm going to make one comment about the game, and I'm going to let our guests maybe jump in because, honestly, I was in the supporter section. There was a lot of focus on being loud and crazy. I saw very little of the match. I haven't had a chance to rewatch it. I didn't even see the goal because I was on uh, I was on uh, beverage duty for the uh, for the drummers and capos. The, the water carrier. The for water. The I was the literal the, water carrier. The Didier Deschamps. But I do want to say one thing. I want to say one thing. There were two players. Actually, there were three players last week that I maybe took took a little bit of uh, umbrage with their performances. I think I spurred them on. Josie L with the assist to Danny Tenorio for the goal. So I'm going to take minor credit for that and then I'll shut up for a little bit. So what did you guys, uh, you, you know, the goal was a, a cross into Tenorio mm-hmm. uh, from Josie L's kind of found himself some space out on the left wing and, and polished it in anything you guys noticed in that, in that buildup that, that you wanted to comment on there or. I thought it was a nice goal. I thought, I mean, you know, we finally, you know, like Keith and I will always, I'll always kind of joke with you that like we never get anybody far enough forward. Yeah. I mean, it was nice to see that run up and I kind of felt, you know, it's like one of those runs that feels like it should end in a goal. So I mm-hmm. like that. But I do, I do disagree that, that Brian wasn't challenged because there were a couple in the first half that I, I rewatched the first half this morning for this very podcast. So you um, prepared better than Dan? Well, I, too, was a little bit distracted during the match, I have to say. Um, Borderlands 3 came out this weekend, and I may or may not have had two monitors in front of me at the same time. So I, I rewatched the first half this morning, and I thought uh, I thought there were a couple times that, you know, one especially where Brian, Brian kept us out of the tie game situation, but overall, tight match. Yeah, very. Um, and, and actually, so, you know, Danny Tenorio and, and Josie, I'll speak a little bit to, I think we saw Danny Tenorio in this match get more active. Uh, and I think you can see with Josiel, Danny Tenorio, Don Smart, and uh, Paulo Jr., that you have four players that can interchange very well and create chances that way. But I think you also saw a little bit in this match the, the downside because those four guys are very similar. They all like to kind of drift and find space. And it leads to maybe not, as you said, William, getting a guy far enough forward. It also, I think we had a couple of times where it looked like Danny and and Josiel were doing the same thing, either in terms of the press or kind of clogging up the, the midfield. And so I, I think, you know, figuring that out, you know, Tenorio's returning from injury, uh, figuring that out is going to be crucial. But if those four get to kind of playing fluid soccer together, they could be real dangerous should we qualify for the playoffs. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else that you guys uh, saw in that first half, if you rewatched, that you thought... I saw a lot of the flock. I mean, I could, like, hear our chance over over the Richmond chance, especially the second half. Uh, I noticed that, you know, pretty... I I could hear the O'Madison at the end, so... Yeah, and it went on for six minutes, but we'll get to that. Yeah, that was a a, a long end of that match. Uh, I have a we few can... refereeing comments from today <laughs> after I've been so nice the well, last couple of weeks, you know, and uh, you know we can we can come on to that. Uh, so in that second half, again, really tight. Uh, you know, the best the the second best chance uh, Madison had fell to Tenorio in the in the 40th minute, just didn't convert. And as even the announcer said, you know, nine times out of ten, he takes that two nothing. God, that would have been nice. <laughs> I mean, I, we don't I do just, that. Keith. <laughs> I just feel like you know this team is slowly eating away at my stomach lining. Um, so I would like that that second goal to come at some point. That would be nice. But we didn't get it. Second half comes through. I think really tight in terms of the the you know play between the two sides, and then uh, some as they euphemistically referred to them on the broadcast. Heavy challenges in both the 64th minute and then the uh, uh, 78th minute. Yeah, so a, the, six, the one in the 64th minute, that, that was the... That was literally right in front of scuffle. you. Yeah. 
That was directly uh, I was in front a little worried us. that I, I saw Zach Beignet there uh, in the stands. L.L. Baguette. L.L. Baguette is his gnome de flock. Yes. I thought he was going to jump over and maybe get involved. I would have been worried about the Renegados, but that was a bad tackle. Like, we only saw it, obviously, in, in, in live, in, in person, as you were. I, it looked like a red card challenge to me. Looked like both studs were up. Then it was like, yeah, I, I don't know. Terrible refereeing. I, it was a red card. It looked like a red card tackle yeah, on TV yeah, yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, that, that scuffle also sort of shows why maybe you don't play the same teams, you know, three times in three days because uh, you know those it, it, it's like that you know I was just reading uh, about the the Classico series you know where they played like four times in 17 days and that just the interpersonal battles I mean is and, that when Mourinho tried to poke out what's his name's uh, eye Tito Villanova <laughs> yeah he did in fact he yes. three stooged him <laughs> and right in right in the eyes great guy that Jose oh Jose class act all the way um, and then and then blamed Tito for getting his eyes in the way of his, <laughs> of his finger, <laughs> which is what happened in our game today. He shouldn't have gotten in the way of that tackle. Yeah, yeah, what that was doing? his. That was his. Uh, Don't put your you legs know, in thing. front of my sets of studs. Uh, anything else that you guys noticed in that in that second half? That tight. Yeah, yeah. The, the second half was tighter. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was a real tactical battle. You you saw two teams who had kind of figured each other out, knew where to uh, kind of spot it, and, and this is again, you know, on this. We talk a little bit, you know, when we can talk about the three one four two from from Richmond against the four one four one. But ultimately, what you saw was, I think, you know, in a lot of these tight matches, I thought Dennis Chin was really good. You know, had a, a made himself a couple of chances, had some layoff play, but really the the two most talented footballers on the field were are Josie L. Nunez and and Danny Tenorio, and they they got together. And created that goal, and and you know sometimes in a in a match that's that tight, we end up is just seeing the the better players end up making the plays, make that difference, you know, and and there you have it, one nil, very good for our playoff hopes. There was a thriller in Lansing, uh, with mm-hmm. Lansing, even though you know we're gonna go and out shout them in uh, on October fifth, uh, came through and and delivered you know a four three win that that helped out uh, forward. And then, uh, you know, a couple other results. Yeah. So Madison right now sits uh, sole place, fourth uh, mm-hmm. last playoff spot at uh, 36 points, three points on, you know, the, the two teams behind them. And, and really good good position with three matches going, one mm-hmm. at home on Sunday, and then two road, road matches to close out the season, including that big Lansing yeah. rivalry match on the fifth. And I'd say, you know, cre- you know, a little bit of the maybe the caginess of that game too. I'm not trying to you know pump up the flock and the I think it's the Red Civ- Red City Army Red River Army. There you go. Yeah. Sorry guys. Um, I, you know I don't think a lot of those players play in an environment where there's two sets of supporters groups going at each other for 90 minutes. And when I say going at each other, you know I don't mean actually fighting USL. I mean chanting and doing all that stuff. I mean I bet it was a pretty tense feeling on the field like neither team wanting to be the one to lose in front of their supporters on a night when people were there um uh the okay step back the six minutes of extra time having not watched the match back there were no goals in the second half that little skirmish at the 64th minute uh, it seemed like maybe a minute not too long i mean when they put up six minutes i was six subs though both teams had subs uh another you know there was a, a Around that 78th minute challenge, there was a little bit. Um, six minutes, yes. Gratuitous. Seemed a little bit of a home field advantage. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, it was Heritage Night, and I have to give a shout out as a, yeah. you know. Uh, Where are you going with this? David Bulo. Yeah. Great, great shirt on yes. the sideline. I yeah. mean, you know, Coach Shore looks a little bit like he's, you know, was dropping the kids off at, at, at swim swim class. David Bulo came through with just a, a great he he had a great look. He he brought it all together. And another shout out to David Bulo. He came o- him and the assistant coach came over and shook all of our hands awesome. after the game. Yeah. And that's I, I just want again like everyone was just class to us everywhere we went. And so huge shout out to their club for acknowledging us. Um yeah, so it was incredible. And the, uh, you know, 
I don't know if this got caught on camera, but the response when they blew the whistle, our bench, Coach Shore, no matter what he was wearing, that dude was pumped, pumped. He turned around. I have not seen him pump his like punch the air, pump his fist at us. It was. He's a usually pretty. Yeah, and that makes that seventeen hour bus trip home <laughs> yesterday maybe a little bit more worth it. So. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations to them, and and yeah. sorry, Coach Shore, for taking a shot at your wardrobe, but. <laughs> Compared to Coach Bulo, you were just not in. I mean, he was outstanding. Good work. So if somebody could pass along, you know, yeah. some two random dudes in Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> said, "Boy, that that's a good a good fashion choice." You know? And it's our first trophy of. We could potentially win two trophies this week. We won the Henny Derby, and uh, for yeah. the for the second time, that, or no, third time this season, right? No, second time second they time? won the first leg. Um, and then we have the chance to win the shiniest of shiny cupity cup cups. I don't, I Huge. can't remember what it's called tomorrow night. That's about right. Yeah, yeah. it's it's something from uh, backyard soccer. That is some content gold, people. Uh, speaking of, we have to up our content. Uh, first week we had three hundred listeners. 200 listeners uh, week two. Right now at 100, according to the stats. They've moved to other platforms, Keith. So if we... They've moved to other platforms. If we continue this trend... And I haven't listened to the pod 100 times this week yet. (laughs) If we continue this trend, we're going to be down to zero listeners on this podcast. So maybe we need to up our hashtag content game. And that's one of the reasons I got talked into this road trip to to Lansing, which I'm going to complain about over the next couple of weeks. I mean... The sticky content on the road is just—it's the good stuff. Oh man! Just put it I right mean, into my there veins. Were lot, yeah, there was a lot. Gas of stations in West Virginia video. Oh, oh boy, there was a lot of retweeting. People love a good gas station. Uh, unfortunately, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Neil Havati, uh, not actually uh, in hiding from the butcher of Gdansk, is uh, doing his badges, as they say across the pond. Uh, this week, he's at a coaching course. Uh, it should be interesting. Maybe he'll come back and, and under the tutelage of United States soccer, be able to point out how little we actually know, <laughs> given the, the collective wisdom of U.S. soccer. Um, oh, boy, did I editorialize there? <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath on that, Keith. Uh, Keith, uh, Keith don't, don't say they couldn't find their ass with a map. Um, so on that note, uh, let's turn to uh, our, our guests. Uh, so, uh, oh, before we get to that, actually, M- forward Madison fans saw something they thought they might never see, which was uh, in that match, uh, Con- Connor Tobin, the captain, was subbed off for the first time in his uh, uh, Madison career. Uh, sort of shocking. Uh, he was actually, according to sources close to the team, uh, a little under the weather, f- battling a flu. Uh, so uh, glad that he was fine. I thought maybe Opta Lee would use that for his stat of the week, hmm. but actually we have Opta Lee. Uh, negotiate, contract negotiations came through, uh, worked them out with the legal stylist, and we have Opta Lee giving us his uh, stat of the week. Hey, everybody. This is Opta Lee bringing you some very important statistical analysis direct from the horse's mouth this week. The six-minute goal on Saturday was forward's second-fastest this season, coming after just 309 seconds. Let's compare it to a few other fast things. For instance, if Usain Bolt started running at his record 100-meter pace, he'd cover 2.004 miles by the time they scored. If Kobayashi was eating hot dogs at his record rate, he would down 35.53 in that time. And if this game was held at Porcini's Italian Restaurant in Louisville, Kentucky, Rick Pitino could have had sex 20.6 times. Enjoy the stats, everybody. Thanks, Optalee, for that little bit of statistical insight. Who doesn't love a good uh, Rick Pitino joke, really? Real class act, that Rick Pitino. <laughs> uh, the sad thing is, our, our statistician, Optalee, he said Usain Bolt, in terms of things that were fast, <laughs> came to him after. Rick Pitino. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's got a he, maybe maybe he should use the money we're providing him with to, to maybe see someone about those issues. Uh, so while Neil is not here to dive into Madison and you guys did dive into Richmond as well, so, which is and, why he's not a host, because you actually have to be here, Neil. Oh, I think the conversation shots, now is over. Shots fired. You are not. A, uh, you are just a contributor. So on this day in forward Madison history, we're joined by uh, Tyler Angla and William Schmidt, uh, William Schultz, pardon, uh, from the Wisconsin Warriors Power Soccer Team. And what were you guys doing on this day 
in forward Madison history? I don't know. Tyler, do you remember? I think just starting up the season, maybe been in preliminary contacts with the team about seeing what we can do to support each other. Yeah, because we had, we had those blue scarves yeah. in August. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were just beginning our, our newly budded relationship yeah. with uh, Forward Mass. And if, if like I can... so ha- many others at that time. It, it, it was well, a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Was, just heady days of what, what's to come. It was like watching, you know, flowers bloom oh. to life in the springtime. It was actually cool. It was so cool watching well, people and, and rally so around something that wasn't even... That didn't exist yet. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, in fact, you know, you'd see people around Madison with these, yeah. you know, we didn't even... It was just Madison Pro Soccer scarves. Um, and we had so many of them because the company in Poland <laughs> overshipped. They got... There was a rounding error in that they added a zero. <laughs> Uh, but, no you know, if I could hijack a little bit the, the conversation about today in Forward Madison history, it's actually in a couple of weeks in, in Forward Madison history. But I remember w- the club, a uh, couple of people from the flock, you were working with the club at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there in my capacity as uh, president of, of Millennium Soccer Club. And we had a, a kind of pregame meeting before the U.S. men's national team where uh, Peter Wilt, uh, the Che Guevara of uh, American soccer bought some bought some schlaps, uh, Milwaukee's mm-hmm. black and tan. We drank and and we started having ideas flowing about what what the flock, what forward, what all of it together was going to kind of be about. And I think ultimately one thing I remember from a rather hazy evening because we did watch the U.S. men's national team after that was we wanted it to be about the community. And, you know, the the soccer community and all of the aspects of the soccer community. So, uh, you know, for Millennium Soccer Club, that's working with folks on the south and southwest side of uh, Madison who may not have opportunities like that. Uh, and we knew that Tyler and, and William because they had scarves. I think, Tyler, we had met at an, uh, an event at and some too, point. Yeah. And, you know, kind of traded information. And so one of the first, I think, events for the the sort of soccer community in Madison that the flock got involved with, with Tyler, as you asked, reached out for volunteer referees for a tournament you guys were hosting. Yeah, we hosted the tournament that was January, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Reached out, thought it'd be a good match and good group of people to help out with the team. And so I think we got about, you know, 10 or 15 volunteers, mm-hmm. even cooler, uh, I think, we were talking about this last week with uh, Neil Havadi, and he said he came out. Coach Shore came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw, you know, uh, just f- random fans of the team, the, the Shishistaniaks, came out and watched a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I thought, oh, geez, you know, maybe all that stuff that we were bullshitting about, you know, maybe we're not full of shit. Um, and, you know, so we had, we had people, you know, serving as linesmen, as scorekeepers, and made that, you know, a really fun day, I think, for everybody involved. Yeah. And so, you know, before we, we talk too much about, you know, the, the intricacies of your season and all that, tell us a little bit about the Wisconsin Warriors. Tell us a little bit about power soccer, the, the old elevator pitch, as they put it in the sales world. We should have decided who was going to do this before. Yeah, we should have. Do you, want, do you want to take the take elevator it. pitch? Go for it, yeah. pitch? So, so power soccer, for folks who don't know, just to kind of lay that framework out, is, is a sport uh, played by folks who use power wheelchairs. And uh, the way we play the game is four on four in a gym. So uh, we use a basketball court so that, you know, for, for a number of reasons, we play four on four. And it's just an awesome, incredible, uh, super competitive, like ultra engaging sport to watch. Um, Mm -hmm. I know, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how we get involved in these types of things and Tyler has a much longer story than I do. But for me, it was like literally an ad that I found. I've always been a coach. I've always coached, uh, for a long time hockey and before that basketball. And I saw an ad, they were looking for a coach for wheelchair soccer. And I went, what the heck is wheelchair soccer? (laughs) And I Googled it and I was like, oh, I got to do that. So. Um, then you met us in the at mall, and then I met you in like what might be the sketchiest mall in Madison. <laughs> by far, um, by far. We'll, we'll let people guess, yeah. <laughs> which, but yeah, um, and and just like 
met these guys, and, and I'll let Tyler talk about the team a little bit because he's got a little more of the historical knowledge of the team. But, uh, yeah, just fell in love with the sport right away. Yeah, so we started maybe 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Now, our team, yeah. It was through a community program. We played for quite a while. I have been around teams and have caused some trouble. Around the Midwest. Yeah, Tyler's played for, like, every team in the yeah, Midwest. Yeah. But the Madison team wasn't always the Warriors. You guys no, were... The Marauders yeah. for about 12 years or so. Then I left and then came back and started the Warriors. And so now, how long have you guys been the Warriors for? This so, is, uh, third season. Third season. Yeah. And so you guys have... Uh, how am I going to put this? Achieve some success already in just three seasons, three short, three short years. It's been a, a pretty dramatic climb for you guys. It has. We've moved up uh, each of the last two years up conferences. We do a promotion and relegation. Wow, just like that's a novel idea. U.S. Soccer, are you listening? <laughs> This Maybe is, it creates more competition, makes the games more important, right? and that. it creates you know you know a lot of clubs with community and sport around them are yeah. able to mm-hmm. sort of advance. And that's, I think the, the thing that I'm most proud of since I've joined the team is that, you know, we've gotten really, really close to that cup every year and we just keep getting closer and we're yeah. going to win it. But, but to be promoted two years in a row and to still be, I feel strongly in competition for now, what is division two? Yeah. And I think we're a top contender, you know, preseason for that mm-hmm. cup too. So I think that speaks to these guys and their skill level and their, dedication to making this happen and so you guys were you know uh in the championship game in one of the most dramatic and it's why i i retired from coaching (laughs) um, (laughs) because i can't watch people i know play and not just like scream at the scream at the tv as i was doing i was here in the in the office working and put on the game they they live stream the national championships uh you guys went up one nil? No, we were down. I think we went up three two in the second half. Okay, right. yeah, right. we're up three three two, uh, second half, and then much like the six minutes that were <laughs> added on to the end of the Richmond Kickers, uh, I think they added on. It felt like a half an hour in that final match. Forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they added, yeah, they yeah. added a whole game on to the yeah. end of our game. <laughs> is what it ultimately ended up. Mm-hmm. At. Um, but you guys went into six overtimes, and uh, you know they nice. tied in at the like at the death in regulation. The last second. <laughs> yeah, and then you went to uh, forty five minutes of six extra times, right? I thought it was five. Five, yeah. Five. We okay. were in the fifth extra period. And and lost that, that championship in just a, a total just heartbreaker. But I mean amaz I mean, you guys played how many matches in, in three days to get to that point? Was it ten? That's a good question. I it was at least seven. Yeah, it was seven. Seven, seven sounds right, because you have four pool games. That's right. Mm-hmm. We had we played out of the pool, so we had four yeah. pool games and then uh the quarterfinal, yeah. semifinal, and championship. I mean, just uh, awesome. And, and, you know, I think one of the things we talked about as well, you know, I, the first time I had ever seen the sport, you know, I came out because I knew Tyler from the flock and, and wanted to help out. Uh, first time I had ever seen the sport uh, was that tournament. And, William, you've said the sport kind of sells itself. It's high drama. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's why, like, we can't do any better pitch than, like, uh, get on your Google box right now and just Google, like, U.S. Power Soccer or or anything that has to do with Witcher Power Soccer because if you watch that for a few minutes, like, we won't have to sell you on it. Like, it's engaging. It's intense. Uh, That final match that, that Keith was talking about, you know, like, like, I'm still kicking myself, as these guys know, because... It was it was like we talk about we talk about the environment, right? We talk about Madison being such an incredible place to play, and how other teams that come in aren't really ready, like like D three clubs aren't really ready to come in and and play in that kind of environment. And that's we were in an environment yeah. that we weren't used to because there were hundreds of people in that gym. Every and person at that tournament was around. Absolutely, there's there's forty teams there. Or yeah. like, 40 some teams across four divisions that come and we had everybody's attention man i mean once you get to a fifth mm-hmm. sudden death like that i mean <laughs> yeah. uh, but but 
a loud, crazy environment that we're not used to playing mm-hmm. in. And so, uh, but, so, but a, a blast. So one of the things, by the way, you and, and uh, you, William, and, and Dan bonded over was a shared love <laughs> of, of hating officials. Uh, and, wow. and for and Hate is a strong hey, word. I love them so much that I need to tell them when they're wrong. It's like having <laughs> indignant children. <laughs> We uh, just want them to do gonna, better. I, I was going to say, we for, just want them to be their and now, best that exactly. they can be. What I enjoy about this is, uh, as well, I am not known for my particular love of officiating, but somehow compared to, and so, you know, compared to Dan, I look like, you know, Mahatma Gandhi on the sideline. <laughs> Dan, Dan, I always just assumed it's because he's a, you know, hothead from Long Island with a Napoleon complex. But William, one of the things that we check ta- and yeah, check, <laughs> we talked about in your particular cases. You see this as as kind of part of a a bigger picture kind of thing. Now, obviously, some of this is self justification, <laughs> but I, I'm I think, nodding. I'm I think nodding. a little bit at that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think a little bit of it is about your how you view your role in the sport and how you view the sport itself, right? Well, let me be clear, Keith. Like I'm a bit of a hothead. I mean, I don't. <laughs> it, it is cathartic for me to yell at referees. I'll put that out there. <laughs> You've uh, never uh, seen anybody laugh as high, hard as Tyler <laughs> is laughing right now, because <laughs> <laughs> Tyler knows, and he knows, you know that. Uh, uh, I do. That is a part of me, right? When you get Coach Bill, which is is kind of my role there, my persona uh, with in coaching, I I do bring that to the table. But I do, as a disabled coach in a disabled sport, right? Like for me, I do think it's important to sort of hold the referees whom are all able-bodied and we can have, that's a different conversation because uh, we actually have a ton of respect and appreciation for the officials in our game because you've got to be quick. You've got to be alert. You could lose an ankle real quick, right? Like (laughs) these guys are ballerinas out there on a basketball court with uh, eight wheelchairs going six miles an hour, you know, uh, playing hardcore competitive soccer. But I do think it's important as one of the few disabled coaches in the country, and we saw 40 teams at nationals last year, and there were three uh, head coaches with who use wheelchairs. I think it's important to remind everybody that this sport is a competitive sport, mm-hmm. right? We are out there for the competition. We work for 10 months to get as far as we did and hopefully farther. And for me, I like to take up that space. I think it's important in that space to have a disabled coach who acts like a coach, right? And that doesn't mean I'm throwing folding chairs across the court, (laughs) but it does mean that you're going to see me fight for my team and my players no matter what. And I I do think it's important to have that visual, both for the able-bodied folks watching the game and for the other disabled you know, younger people who who I want to understand that we all take this game really seriously and that uh, there's a reason and a purpose to work as hard as they do to get where we get. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Dan, and they're all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Tyler, uh, you, uh, a little bit uh, coming up for this year. You guys are entering into preseason. Yep. We saw we saw the whole team, I think, pretty close at yeah, the, the match uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was awesome having you guys all there with the march over to the stadium. It was super yeah, it was, fun. It was so much fun. And uh, a little preseason bonding. And yeah. then what a, uh, so you guys are in preseason other than, you know, working on the formations to block William from from attacking the refs. <laughs> we what are the assistant for that? Yeah. Uh, what do you guys uh, what, what's what's the year ahead look like? Hopefully. You want me to go? Yeah. Uh, Tyler's passing the pass. Tyler's, yeah. yeah. He'll let me make a fool of myself. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, for us, it's really a story of two seasons of, of coming really close. And yeah. there's tons for us as Wisconsin Warriors to be proud of. Two years of promotion, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, these guys continue to up their numbers and continue to up their game. But as we do that, the competition does too. This isn't a game where uh, we're going out there and playing teams that don't know us. I mean, they're watching our film and they know, you know, like we were talking about Coach Shore earlier being a real tactical coach. I mean, we are a tactical crew. Our practices, uh, uh, probably look a little foreign to some uh, folks who play different sports yeah. because it's we're architects of this game. At least that's how I think of it. And I bring ideas to the table and I say, guys, here's what I'm thinking about for set pieces this year. And they say, great. We like this one. This one's terrible. That <laughs> one's probably not going to work. Let's work on these two. Uh, 
here's what is wrong with them and here's what we're going to do instead. Mm-hmm. And it's really, you know, Tyler's kind of our floor general, our our point guard. We've got kind of a peer score in Annie. And then we've got Kenzie, who's all over the floor yeah. uh, in terms of being great on both sides of the ball. But they really, in concert with me and our other players, design a playbook. And, and what we're looking for is to get better and to perfect it and to be uh, a little tighter than we were last season because yeah. we went from third to second. Let's go from second to first. Yep. So in terms of our season, uh, trying to just turn that corner into yeah. perfection, I think. Sounds great. Now, uh, one of the things you mentioned uh, before we kind of wrap it up, uh, there, there'll there be a tournament again in January, we hope. Yeah. And uh, they should follow you on social media. Uh, there's a Facebook page for the Wisconsin Warriors. Yep. Any Anywhere else, Instagram. Yeah, so. we did instantly. Am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, just Wisconsin Warriors on? Yeah. yeah. Wisconsin Warriors, Warriors Power Soccer on Facebook. Yep. You can look us up. Uh, on Instagram, it's Wisconsin Warriors P or W I Warriors P S. Yeah. Is, is on Insta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So follow them on, on social media. Uh, pay attention to that because uh, if you get a chance to go to one of their matches, tremendously exciting. I'm a, you know, I'm a fan because what I really needed was another outlet for my <laughs> soccer addiction. Um, you know, uh, I've got, you know, my Premier League team. I, I've got MLS matches I'm watching. I've we have got a J-League team in Japan. We, we do have an official J-League team. Uh, we now have a, you know, we have a Wisconsin, uh, West Coast D1 college soccer team. Uh, we've got Forward Madison. Hertha Berlin. Uh, we've got, we Hertha. are now diehard Hertha Berlin fans. Um, Ahohi. Yep. I've got my, you know, old high school team that <laughs> I, I do uh, help out with every once in a while. So And the Wisconsin Warriors. Yep. And, and the Wisconsin Warriors. So, really, I just needed one more team. So, I thank you guys for bringing that into my Thanks, life. Yes. Yeah. But if I could just, Keith, real quick, watch this space, and we'll try to keep the flock and the supporters yep. group uh, updated. But we are definitely having a, a tournament in January. But keep your eyes peeled for a potentially special event in December uh, that will be catered towards spectators. Excellent. And one final thing. uh, Speaking of catering towards spectators, uh, just because we teased it earlier, there was a little bit of uh, the the worry about, uh, you know, the accessibility at Cooper's (laughs) that William brought up. And I got to stay off the Internet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Turns out fully accessible. Apparently, uh, you know, maybe Tyler misled you. uh, on that, Tyler uh, may or may not have passed along but information I, that wasn't. I only said it was upstairs. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> but for context, I said, "Are you going?" And you said, "No, it's upstairs." And I said, "That sucks." But <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was I think reassuring to see you know Kyle Griffin from the supporters group immediately came back and said you know you shouldn't worry about that we try very hard to make all of you know all of the events we do accessible one of the first things we clear with the venue is accessibility and I just wanted to see you know it seems like uh in terms of access to Bree Stevens and all that things have been great but is there anything you know that the club or the flock can do better going forward Hand everyone is super accommodating, always felt very welcome, and everyone does whatever they can to help us out. I mean, truthfully, it's clear, you know, yeah. it's, it's been clear from the start that, mm-hmm. you know, they're going above and beyond to make sure that everybody that wants to be there can be there. So uh, that's much appreciated and, and, and no, no ill intent. <laughs> like I, I simply <laughs> ask, ask the question. Uh, now, you know, he's just a hothead a friend. Yeah, on Facebook. I mean, that's uh, what hey, the evidence is out there. You can go read it <laughs> yourself. Uh, I, but no, the flock has been fantastic and we appreciate all the work and Andrew yeah. that those guys do to make sure. And, and the team has been incredibly responsive to our requests anything that we've asked for they've yeah they've made sure and made the things accessible that maybe weren't so so awesome it's been great awesome uh, glad to hear it. i mean i think that's something as part of the you know building the community around soccer is you know making sure that all parts of the soccer community are included so that's that's great uh what i uh, i hope to see you guys uh we're gonna uh sadly because dan is uh Still painfully recovering from the trip to to Richmond, he erupted, and we have to get him back in his packaging. I think uh, we won't be heading up the hill tonight, uh, but we have promised Tyler and William uh, beers at uh, tomorrow night's uh, astonishing shiny cup of all cups. Uh, Dan, you have one more. Yeah, just again, I, I, the, I guess the only people I didn't thank were the people on the bus, my bus people. 
We are now bus people. We don't know how to go back to regular society. Um, but I, just a shout out to uh, that whole crew of people that was on the bus. I mean, you know, we all kind of know each other, some better than others. And you never know with people like if they're going to be, uh, you know, pain in the ass on a trip like that. And it was uh, again, just, that's why I wasn't invited. Correct. Correct. Um, uh, but it was honestly just like I, I don't I don't want to get sappy here from like, but from the bottom of my heart, that was like an incredible trip. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all of them. And uh, they I'll know say who they are. those of you uh, that haven't yet signed up for the bus trip to Lansing, uh, you should. Uh, it's going to you're going to be able to create similar memories. You're going to get a T-shirt. You're going to get food. You're going to get beer. Uh, we did one of these road trips earlier in the year to Milwaukee. Uh, it's where the We Are Madison uh, chant originated. Uh, good, good, clean fun. Um, and speaking of Milwaukee, uh, you know they're they're going to be coming the torrent for the uh, astonishingly astonishingly shiny cup of all cups uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we may not recap that match because it's a friendly and uh, you know. Uh, also, you know, <laughs> we're I, not very professional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> screw it. Uh, you know. So, uh, long podcast, because uh, in Neil's absence, you know, I think we, we had to recap the eruption and, and so on. And I think really without Neil, better. Uh, Much. A- addition by subtraction. Uh, I have not yet complained about Cuba, so we're going to put that on the, the table, because he did try to steal you uh, on, the, on the trip. So we'll, we'll table that for next week. But uh, until next week, uh, we remind you forward, not forward, not backwards, upwards, not forwards, always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. 